Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. To the Started Five Podcast on SB Nation Gristy Bear Blues. I am the One P Shark. Yo, what's good, everybody? This is Trey, the Chief of Staff of Dillerbrooks Island, and also the welterweight champion of Purtle, not Wordle. What's good, everybody? I didn't see that one coming. Um, it's really <laughs> shitty, man, holding it down, throwing it down to the big fella down low. Well, coming back, man, at Tim, she get a big fella. What it do, what it do, Grizz Nation. Let's get it, y'all. What it do, what it do. Running uh, four and four again this week. Uh, guys, Scott Lito couldn't make it on, but he did ask us a Twitter question this week. So <laughs> we, we will hear know. from him. Right, exactly. So we got those coming up. But first, of course, we got to review the week. Uh, All-Star week ended. And then, you know, we got, still got a little break. No games until this recent Thursday. And we played at Minnesota. And that game, we did have a scare with Ja. I think he was actually hurt. He came back limping. Uh, tried to give a good effort, but D'Angelo Russell went ham in the fourth quarter with 23 points. Uh, I know the young guys, you know, y'all used to the term going ham, but, you know, shout out to Starlito. That's what we grew up on. <laughs> but, yeah, Minnesota finished us off. And, and close game was 119-114. Then, Turn Saturday with the MVP showdown. Although NBA is not an option, John Moran's top five MVP candidate. But let's start this real podcast to learn more. On, uh, I grab on it, but you know, Jamal DeRozan is the top three MVP candidate. So you had John versus the Rosen, and the Grizzlies did take care of business in a close one, one sixteen to one ten, including the Rosen getting kicked out the game after Kyle Anderson locking down the last position. What y'all thoughts about those two games? Pretty uh nice week for the Grizz. I think it's kind of safe to add D'Angelo Russell uh to the all Grizz killer team. So he has a back his backcourt mate with CJ McCollum. Cause it seems like every time we match up with D'Angelo Russell, he just tends to go off. Um I believe if I'm not mistaken, he has the most career threes in the game I think he tied his it's something crazy about his mo- the amount of threes that he's made, which is around nine, and I think he makes the most threes against the Grizzlies, if I'm not mistaken. I have to fact check myself on that. But literally Memphis did everything in their power to put themselves in position to win. I mean, if you would have told me you got 20 from Ja, 20 from Jaron, and 20 from Zaire, um, you're probably in a good position. 
Um, so this week, yeah, I think we're all going for two and zero. Hopefully, um, not a one and one split. Um, so speaking, Cap, you can run back, those back to us when you get a chance. Um, going against the Timberwolves, great win. I, I think, of course, when I see losses, I see opportunities. Um, and I mean, we did, <laughs> we did beat the Bulls um, as well. And I do want to talk about the Bulls and then go back to the Timberwolves. Excuse me. Uh, with the Bulls game, man, Stephen Adams had a double double before halftime. By the way, um, and I know we didn't really uh, discuss that as well. But the man ended up with more rebounds than some of us have points. Actually, that game he had twenty one rebounds, which would have been if they were points, would have been the second most points behind John Morant's forty six. Um, so kudos to the big fella Stephen Adams for getting in there. And here's something about you talk about the Grizz Killers, Trev. There's something to be said about Stephen Adams. I don't think he likes the Bulls. Um, he don't like their BS, so to speak, right? Um, and then we talk about the Timberwolves. Game. No pun intended. No pun intended, man. I'm just just a guy. Don't shoot the messenger, right? Um, but the Timberwolves game, you know, uh, one of our fellow LBR teammates has talked about, you know, the Grizzlies and Timberwolves. Um, I feel like we had a Timberwolves number. Um, but I do understand what he was discussing in regards to playoff basketball and getting to that that place of slowing down, so to speak. But I think we've proven, even though we lost this game, that you know we. Could, I think if the Timberwolves were seeing us in the playoffs, seeing us, I give them to Game Five. Um, you know, I I think they pull out a win in Minnesota, but I don't. They're not really truly a scary team, so to speak. Um, come playoff time. Uh, there's a team that I think is a little bit scarier that we could discuss later on. Um, that's not going to scare us, but other people. But um, kudos to Steven Adams, though, man. Uh, that, that's really what I want to get my shout out to um, as well. Because like I said, double-double against the Bulls, who who are a number one team in the East uh, that may have slid to number two after this loss. Um, but for him to show up like that was amazing. Um, and even like you said, Trevor, you had three or four of us that had 20-plus points uh, against the Timberwolves, so we're just spreading the love there. Um, throwing it back down to the big fella uh, so he can discuss this week as well. Absolutely, man. Uh, y'all said pretty much everything I really wanted to say, so I don't have to, you know, stomp a stomp a horse like that. But, like, one thing I say about the Bulls, uh, the game against the Bulls, is, like, when you know that the opposing defense – this is what I'm loving about John Morant this season, um, especially, you know, not seeing if he how he was going to return, you know, or whether he was going to play for the Bulls uh, game because he did kind of go down for a few minutes with this guy against the Timberwolves. And he comes back and, and do what he does against the Bulls is is nothing short of spectacular. And, you know, he, like I said earlier, like he's a shark that smells blood when your opposing team don't have interior defense. And that's pretty much what it is. Like Tristan Thompson ain't stopping no damn body. <laughs> uh, Butcher he airballing, no. He's he airballing. Everybody airball once in a while, man. It's the NBA, but uh, <laughs> but, but like offensively, of course, Vooch can do his thing, but defensively, like he's not stopping someone. So the way you know John Morant, you know, going in and and going against an MVP candidate that should be the Mother Rose, should be an MVP candidate as well as John Morant, uh, really took advantage of the moment. As you know, we hope that he would continue to do for the rest of the season and show why not only is he top five in the MVP vote, but John Morant should be in everybody's top three as well. So um, just like he kind of used his sprint, you know, the last few games to make sure he solidified himself as an all-star starter. Um, 
And I'm kind of kind of surprised, Shark. We kind of just went over the All Star weekend. Like, yeah, it was All Star weekend. All right, now let's get to the grid. Like, come on, man, it's the NBA All Star game, bro. We missed last week. A little bit more respect than that. You missed last week. We talked about it last week. We talked about it last week. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> we talked about it last week, man. Like, you know, no, I, I like he's not. Know, I like he's, though, man. he's not one of the people making us the second most viewed. I see exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I like the message, especially like the dunk. Cause of course, I had to bring it up. Like y'all just like the message, y'all. But no, hey, you know real quick that, though, like... <laughs> real quick on the topic of Stephen Adams. Not only did he lead the team in rebounds, he also led in assists with five. So to go along with that twenty on rebounds, he had five assists too. So it goes yeah, to show second that. best pass on the team. I'm I'm not taking that away from him. Tell further notice, Stephen Adams is the best, second best. Man, put some respect on Ty Jones' name, man. I just was like, you better put some respect on Ty. Passer, y'all better respect the big man. Y'all know I love him some songs, Jones. He, hey, y'all know I love songs, but the second best passer. <laughs> but I didn't say, man. That's all I really want to say. Definitely want to get to these questions, y'all, for sure, because we get, we got we got a few built ones. So for sure, for sure. And speaking of questions, man, shout out to our very own at GBB, uh, Sean Coleman. He had a. Pretty good interaction with Steve Adams last night. Uh, Steve Adams asked him, uh, he, was, he was like, Uh, man, oh, where, where you from, mate? Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm from Tennessee, you know. He's like, Man, hey, I haven't heard that accent before, so <laughs> but shout out to Sean. That was pretty, uh, funny, pretty cool at the same time. But, um, to get on to the questions, uh, Savage Owl, who cheated, this is the person he was alluding to earlier. If y'all remember, who was talking about Minnesota being a tough matchup, he uh said, No question. Uh, well, his Twitter is at M Savage 901. He said, No question, just get well, get well soon. Dylan Brooks, aka Gustavo from Snowfall. If you watch the Snowfall uh show, because the hairstyle he said yesterday, just check my Twitter account and you'll see. Yeah, crazy. Gustavo is oh my goodness. Let's check my Twitter account. I was like, man, I felt that picture. I was like, bro, he looked just like him with that. Boy, if we ain't talking a good debate, we having a good laugh on here. Y'all funny, man. <laughs> but get to our fifth member who actually who uh fortunately couldn't be on today. Underscore Scott Lido, he asked the question. So we're gonna go with his question. What issues, if any, do you see? That could be an issue for the Grizzlies as they close out the season into the playoffs. Put some options out there, Dale, inexperience, uh, coaching, etc. Um, I, you yeah, okay. I think the one thing that I think will be an issue, I mean, talked about lineups, I think just overall chemistry when you add Dylan Brooks back into the lineup um, and how that deals with to this point lineups and such like that dylan brooks to me is um we talked about this in the last episode to me um a top three person in regards to the hierarchy uh within the grizzlies so he's going to need his minutes um we know he's going to put up his shots unfortunately um and like how does that feel with the rotation of players that are already there and have been very successful doing what they're doing um i still believe you know we bring you know certain people off the bench at certain times i think that still happens but like Crunch time basketball, what's going to happen? Who's going to be in the game? Who's going to solidify those spots? And what does that lineup look like? So to me, it is lineups, but overall, like chemistry as well within that lineup to see, okay, if Dylan's on the floor, who's going to be the best to surround with Dylan, or so to speak? Or is it Dylan and Jaws? Do we take Bain out the rotation when it's Dylan and Jaws? Like, how does that work? And thankfully, 
towards the end of the season, the back half of those what five or six games, we're playing teams that are possibly looking to be in the playoffs anyway. Um, so that would be a great segue as we go into being a top two seed um, within the playoffs, if not number one. Yeah, so she just want, I, I probably will say the rotations as well, but I, I don't think it's going to be a chemistry problem. I think it's just more along the lines of Dylan Brooks just kind of working his way back into actually – I'll say actually in game shape. I don't think he has an issue of getting in shape, but just working his way back in his field back is really like in the end, just how quick Dylan Brooks can get back to his form and how this is going to fit with the rest of the squad. That's pretty much it. Right. Um, I don't think chemistry would be a big issue. Um, of course, bringing back Dylan Brooks would kind of would be a big adjustment because shots would be, you know, going to him and away from Bame and everyone else. But I think that when you really look at the core of this team, I've said it on this spot before, um, we look at the core of this team three years, that's the chemistry that we have with each other. And that's longer than, you know, a few teams in the Western Conference been around. So I think that chemistry, once we start to go on, definitely continue to click in. Um, but I'm gonna continue to say it. I really, I, I, I ain't gonna say hate because it's a strong word, but I would prefer if we would have got some veteran presence on the team um, and he doesn't even necessarily have to play really, but just having that veteran that's been there before that's been, you know, to a Western conference finals, you know, like, like, for example, you know, PJ Tucker, you know, he didn't take too many shots with the Bucks last season, but he was needed in order for them, you know, to beat the Nets and to beat the Suns, you know, that veteran presence that knows how to mentally, you know, prepare you to, to get you over that next hump. You know, we beat the Warriors in the play-in last year. We got the playoff experience, you know, last year against the Jazz. Even though we lost, we still got that experience. But now it's like we're a top three team. Whether or not people want to, you know, say that they expect us to be there or not, we are here now. And I think that in order for us to take that next jump, that next jump, that personnel has to be there, which it is. But a veteran, we all know a veteran on the court and off the court and what it means to a team. So I, I, I kind of don't like that we didn't address that need in the in the trade market. But, you know, um, I think before the season, I mean, before the playoffs, I, would, I guess we could sign somebody through the buyout market or whatever before all that ends. So, I mean, who knows? But that's so, the only issue with the Grizz I have right now. You say kind of a, a veteran presence that has yeah. – Pretty much is basically what you're saying. Like that knows how to win in the playoffs. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like we could like even we like we we Dad, tell, you know, we have to look up this contract like an Eric going with him in perfect or you know a Paul Mills Sap just with him in person. Like that, that role, I'm gonna be real with you, that role can go Steve has been playoff play tested. He's been to a conference finals before. He knows how to that's win. True. That's true, that's true. In in the playoffs. That can potentially go to Steve. And then, of course, the rest of the guys, with the exception of here, is playoff tested. They got a little experience as well from last year. So I, I see where you go. I see where you're going with that. I would love second veteran presence. I, but I think that role could potentially go to Steve. I think Steve is not getting enough credit in that aspect as what he okay. brings, okay. as opposed to what uh, uh expected to bring uh, Good point. Real good point. Real good point. Real good. Point. And really, my issue for the Grizzlies is really nothing. Uh, to be truth be told, only thing that worries me, and I think Dylan Brooks solves it. 
I think it's that secondary score outside of Josh at the end of, at the, end of the game. Somebody and Bang Bangs come up big, Triple J come up big when in spot up moments, but to just get on the ball and move out the way, we I always think we need a second score. Dylan Brooks, he, he showed, and you know Dylan, he's gonna do it. Last year in the playoffs, he showed that he could produce like in like crunch moments stuff. So I think he solved their problem for me, and also um, it's just really, yeah, it was really main this secondary score. Uh, the extra defenders. I think Dylan Brooks saw uh, half court offense is what I was thinking about, and that goes back to secondary score. Dylan Brooks just because it's a lot of times in the games it's like, dang, it's Ja. Who else do I trust with the ball? And I think Dylan Brooks, in my opinion, solves their problem to me. Yeah, and he just, he provides just so much what you could do for a team. Like he's a guy that again he's gonna get his FGAs up, but he's another guy that can create and get his own shot in a half court setting. There's been often too many times where we've Taylor Jenkins has put rotations on the floor and we've asked ourselves, okay, who's scoring with this much? Uh, so with Dylan, you can pretty much start Dylan, uh, take whoever you need to take out, take John Jaron out, leave Dylan out there with the second unit so he can be uh, that that shot creator, that person that he can go get his, and then just let Tyus and everyone else just kind of fill in our roles accordingly. Yeah, exactly. And it actually – transitions us, us to our next question from Booyah. Man, shout out to Stuart, uh, Stuart Scott, man. Uh, man. Rest in peace. Booyah! That's uh, <laughs> so I got his um, name on Twitter who asked us the question. Booyah uh, is at Twitter handle is at Merrick M-E-R-R-I-C-K 7950 or 50. So uh, Merrick 7950. He asked, when Dylan gets ready, how will he adjust to the lineup? And how far how far back was I year falling in the lineup? That's a real good question. Um I don't think Zaire is the go ahead, Took. I'm sorry. You, uh, of course Dylan get back star, but based on him looking comfortable out there and a lot more comfortable than I'd I'd expected for sure. Um, you can definitely have a key piece off the bench. And I know at the beginning of the season, it would have been weird to say that because we didn't know how he would have been fitting in, per, you know, first off. But the fact that he looks, you know what I'm saying, he looks great as an NBA prospect, as an NBA player already. Um, and you got to continue to let him grow. So I think he'll probably be top eight, top nine off the bench for sure. Like he'll definitely get some minutes off the bench for sure. But Dylan Brooks is definitely going right back into the starting lineup. Yeah, Dylan's going back into the starting lineup. I don't think Zaire's minutes are going to suffer that much. Um, of course, you're not going to see John Conchar out there anymore once Dylan is back. But once the playoffs come, it, it's going to be a real tough decision uh, for Taylor Jenkins. Uh, and I guess it's going to be based on how things are going to who he's going to play more between Zaire and Kyle Anderson. Now, honestly, I, I say Kyle Anderson because of everything else that he brings. But as far as a, a extra scoring punch and an extra defender and an extra guy that can uh get some baskets for you, Zaire might be your guy. So uh it'll be interesting to see. Um, but I don't I don't think Zaire's minutes are gonna fall that much. They're gonna shrink just a tag. I think he'll still get um around the same, but those minutes that like John Conchar is getting and a couple of others that you probably wouldn't see playing with a fully healthy Grizzlies team, those minutes might go to Zaire based on how he's been playing this year. So there you go. Yeah, I think for me, I think uh, I think Williams does get a hit on his minutes 
Um, by about seven or eight. His last at Chicago, he had 29 minutes, Minnesota 27, uh, Portland 19. It's a lot of 20s um, against the Knicks in 76ers. He had like over 30. Um, so maybe like 15 minutes um, because Dylan Brooks has still provided us no reason to not start him. Um, and to your point, yeah, I hate that we're not going to see Big John anymore um, once playoff time comes. But you never know, though, because um, I know he's going to be ready because um, he's just a guy that just can do it all, to be honest. Um, and when you call upon him, there's, there's always a need. And was I, I think for him, as he continues to develop even better defensively, his shot is still pretty much there, too. Um, and he's a great spot-up shooter when necessary need there. I My thing with him is I don't know. He, I feel like he shoots better when he's a starter and warmed up that way as opposed to coming off the bench colder. Um, so that might be something they may want to explore, but I'm not saying to start him at all. I'm just saying find a way for him to stay hot even when he's on the bench. I wish I had that not-so-fast sound bite from Lee Corso right now because I guarantee you, knowing Taylor Jenkins, he going to find a way to sneak John Conchar or Big John on their court. <laughs> he gonna Everybody need a shooter. You got to have a shooter somewhere. He going to find his way to sneak him on their court. <laughs> so I do think um, Zaire will still play um, for the regular season. Playoff time hits, I could very well see a shortening of their rotation and Zaire possibly out of the rotation once he shortens it. Uh, I would hope that he at least gives them a, ch- a try, a chance in the playoffs because, of course, you know, the playoffs, the intensity is, at, is amplified. And, you know, he's a rookie still. I, I want to see him at least get a shot at it one or two games. And if he shows nothing, then, you know, Taylor Jenkins is going to do what he do. He's going to uh, play the PP trust. And John Conchar is very trustworthy uh, in any any given scenario. So I can very well see John Conchar sneaking back in their rotation. But uh, Dylan Brooks is definitely starting. I mean, he's a star. Ain't no, you, you, there's no way you're not going to do that. Now, going to the future, we, we talked about that in the offseason. We're not about to talk about that right now. Uh, in the future, there might be a different story with Zaire, you know, maybe a six-man role like we all wanted, what, two years ago. So, But that's all offseason talk. Uh, so, I, Dylan is definitely getting back and starting to the starting lineup. Jack of all trades player. Hopefully, Zaire gets the opportunity in the playoffs, but there is a direct season that he would definitely still be in the rotation. But the rotation shortens, I could see a, a scenario where he doesn't play as much in the playoffs. Because you think about last year, like Brandon Clark was a complete shot to rotation in the playoff starts. Stuff like this happens because role players, for whatever reason, in the playoffs, role players don't show up on the road. <laughs> it, it's crazy. It's very crazy, but they like on road games. <laughs> road players not show up, <laughs> so, but at home, yeah, it's at home cooking. It's every year with every team. It's not just any one team. So it's it's very random. But um, to the next question, which is still dealing with Zaire, uh, from my guy Zane. His Twitter handle is at it's Zane i t z two z's i t z z a y n underscore. He said, or he asked, how much of an impact do you think Zaire can actually make in the postseason? What kind of player can you compare him to from the past? Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. 
So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. So I definitely like to take a stab at this one um, for sure. Um, a few times on this pod, I've compared it to Rudy Gay. Um, real smooth shooting stroke, uh, taller, you know, once upon a time, skinnier. <laughs> um, Rudy Gay, 250 pounds now, y'all, who would have known? But once upon a time, he was around, you know, 200, 210. Um, Zaire is like around about 200 as well. Um, so if I were to compare him to somebody else, it'd probably be like a Danny Granger, you know, from the Pacers. Um, Shungar, you know, can do, can pretty much do it all. And I think once he kind of get more into his body, I think he'll definitely be one of the better two-way players in the league. Like, I know we kind of want the Jalen Browns of the world to come to Memphis and everything, but this kid really has a lot of potential, you know, definitely a top 10 pick. And I love, I love watching him play. So I think once he continues to grow and, you know, mature mentally and physically, I think we could see a rise of uh, one of the better two. I'm not calling him the best top five. I'm not putting a rank on him. But as far as getting what you need from a consistent two-way player like Danny Granger was for the Pacers, I can definitely see that being a role for Zaire. And a rookie number is kind of identical, to be honest with you, if you want to check him out. So I'll say Danny Granger. Yeah, for me, I'm going to stick with the Indiana reference and go to his former guy on the wing. Uh, Zaire reminds me of a young Paul George. Uh, I get that one too. Um, so with just his, just his athleticism and his ability at 6'9 to um, basically put the basic score on all three levels. Uh, we haven't seen a full expansion of Zaire's game, kind of like what Paul George, when he first got to Indiana, we didn't really see how uh, great Paul George was until Danny Granger, the injury started to pile up and Paul George just kind of took over the reins. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how the Grizzlies develop Sire in that role. Uh, as far as the first half of the question, how much of an impact he can make, as long as he's doing what he's doing now, because you're going to have to knock down shots. You're going to get a lot of corner threes in the playoffs, especially with all the attention that's going to be brought um, on job with his uh, dribble penetration and being able to score in the paint. So as long as you're able to do something on the defensive end, as long as you're hitting shots, then you can definitely, definitely make a huge impact in the postseason. But, yeah, um, a young Paul George. I'm not saying he's Paul George now. He's not Paul George at OKC or in with the Clippers. That We would love for him to get to, get there. Uh, but for right now, just right now in his rookie season, it, it's looking real Indiana Paul George those first couple of years in Indiana. Y'all, y'all did y'all's research on this one, man. I, I was sitting here thinking about who I can really compare him to. Um, and we're talking about him being in the playoffs this season. <laughs> if I can put a name to who I think I could kind of compare him to, what I think he needs to be for us is more of a, a Sean Marion. Um, and you can get that either with the Mavericks um, later on in his career. Right. Sean Marion was not a go to scorer or anything like that, but he took on some tough assignments defensively. Um, and it was time to hit shots. He hit the shots even in the corner that you guys alluded to earlier. No matter, um, so how, like, ugly it is. No matter how ugly the jumpers. See, that? See, that's where I was going for. See, you know, with some ugly jumpers out there, I wanted to compare some somebody. So that's that's why I bring Sean Marion to the table. Um, but Sean Marion, same height as well, um, same kind of body. Build, so to speak, lengthy, so to speak, um, six, seven ish areas. Uh, but yeah, give me Sean Marion. But I don't think to the point that we've made earlier, I think it's minutes do dwindle in the playoffs. It's very hard for a rookie to be as impactful in their rookie season 
um, in the playoffs. I don't think we've seen, I'm trying to think of a rookie that's made a significant impact recently um, over these past two to three years in their rookie season. Go ahead, Trey. Okay, impact in tours of like completely changing the series because you can look at uh, Terrence Mann last season for the Clippers. Like when the Clippers went five mm-hmm. out, and he completely just took over. The, I mean, Paul George was Paul George. We all know what happened with Reggie Jackson as well. But when they went five out and Terrence Mann went crazy, I can't remember what game. I think it was game five or six against uh, Utah. That could change the whole dynamic for them. Uh, and Tyrese Maxey hasn't been much of a slouch. He was actually pretty decent in the playoffs as well last season. So uh, it's possible. But just with this right here for the Grizzlies, it, it's going to be tough to your point. In any end, so I just thought of one more player too, which is kind of funny. Richard Jefferson. What years? Hey, Rich Jefferson was cold. Uh, early, early season with the with Nets, late of the year. Yeah. Early, 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 uh, Kerry Killers, Richard Jefferson, King. Come on, King man. Martin, Come on, man. Kmart. Yes, sir. I used to enjoy that. I, I, I like still with no. I like. Hey, they did get to the finals. Look at yep. us doing our research. Look at us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> I, I do got one uh, for Zaire. Good uh, comparison. Just came randomly. Thought of Brandon Ingram. Mm-hmm. I can see those games mm-hmm. at mid range game. Mid-range, mm-hmm. very reminiscent of uh Brandon Ingram type of game. Um, I think he's better, of course, that year. I think he's better on defense, but the offensive game, I, it's it's pretty smooth. That, like I said, at mid-range, it kind of reminds me a lot of Brandon Ingram. I used to think a lot of like Paul because Paul George and Danny Granger were the same player, pretty much. Uh <laughs> they pretty much to me, they were like the almost the same player. We like I said, we discussed it before we recorded. Paul George a little more athletic, but Kind of, kind of like ran the same process. Jason Tatum and uh, Jaden Brown ran into until the current uh, streak that they've been on this last month. But uh, they, they kind of, he, he, he has, he has a lot of different players that his game could fold, could like mold into. Um, but to your point, we were talking about Jaden Brown. Um, like I said, that's another offseason thing. By the way, the Celtics are playing, he may not even be available <laughs> anymore <laughs> if they keep it this role. So, hey, we got we got a pretty good option out here way in the wings. And like Took said, when we drafted him, all of us was like, what? Took you the one who stayed pat and was like, you know, this is the future. Like, let's get it's, the role. Not, he, I think he he could definitely maximize his process. Uh, process. <laughs> he can maximize his potential if he goes through the process of really getting that consistent mid-range. Like we've seen mm-hmm. with DeMar DeRozan putting up 30, 40 points and not taking any threes. Like we see in the playoffs and the finals, you know, Kevin Durant taking mid-ranges. And like if you can maximize your potential through that area, mm-hmm. do you'll see as much playing time as you really literally want. Like I said, once right. he continues going to his body, he'll be nice. Right. And I had really pretty much already answered the first part of the question at the end of the last question. Uh, I could see him, like I said, I hope he gets a shot in the playoffs. I could very well see a scenario where Taylor Jenkins goes with a more trusted John Conchar and Kyle Anderson, which, hey, it's playoff time. I, I understand. So our last question comes from uh, Faustinus Booyah. Uh, his Twitter at is, and he's asked us a question before, is at Bad News Booyah. Uh, yeah, Bad News Booyah. Uh, B-A-D-N-E-W-S-B-O-Y-A-H. He asks, 
with the injuries to CP3 and Steph Curry struggling, is there a possibility we can reach the one seed before the season ends? Phoenix did just lose, so we're down seven and a half back of them from the first seed. Mm-hmm. Uh, 20 games, look, though. Look, I'm, I'm done putting it. limits on this team. I'm done putting limits on this team. Every time I say they can't, they end up doing it. So I'm not going to say they can't. I'm not going to say they can't. I will say that it will be a very, I'm not going to say even difficult task, but it will be a challenging task because, you know, the Suns, chemistry-wise, they're rolling as well. And even though Chris Paul is going down, I think campaign is going to come in and do a lot better than what they do. I think Devin Booker, that's more shots for him. Um, I think DeAndre Ayton would continue to step up. So I don't see too much of a fall off, um, especially when we're talking regular season, and they are, you know, seven and a half games ahead of us. So I think the number two seed is, should be our bigger concern rather than number one. Uh, getting the one seed, is, it's possible. Uh, I'm not going to say it, it's it's not not out of the degrees. Just a real tall task. I mean, Phoenix has been on a roll all season. Yes, they did lose today, um, but it's, it's still remaining to be seen how they're really going to look without Chris Paul. Like, if they completely take a tumble, then we can revisit this question uh, in March, uh, <laughs> in mid-March, and how the Grizzlies look then. But, uh, very well within reach for them, but I honestly think, Two is a little bit more feasible and more reasonable, uh, trying to get the number seed. Uh, I want to see the Grizz, I mean, the Lakers or somebody, somebody who you can beat, but you know how things go there. But, um, yeah, it's definitely within reach. I, I just, unless Phoenix takes a complete nose dive down, I can't see the Grizz getting. Uh, I think I've said this before. I, I said the, the one seed is something that we can actually sniff at. Um, and I'm just talking about the Suns' last four games. Again, they lost already to Utah. They lost to New Orleans. They beat OKC, and they barely beat a Houston team by three points. Their next, let's call the next five games. They got the Blazers, who Anthony Simons has been doing some things. Uh, Knicks, Milwaukee, at Orlando, they should win, and then at Miami. So, again, I don't think anything's impossible. Um, and as I agree with all of us that we should be buying definitely for the number two seed. I think the number two seed is definitely within our range and should be gotten by us. But to Tuke's point, nothing's impossible for what this team has achieved so far. And let's not put a cap on this season. And again, the next five games for the Suns. Don't look like they're they like they're playing less than 500 basketball, um, and so it is a tall task for us to climb. But in order for us to climb that task, we also have to take care of our own business as well, uh, which means we need to win some games at the same time. Like the great Kevin Garnett once said, "Anything's possible." But yeah, I you know I'm not gonna put a limit on this thing, but you know. I just did. I just did a little quick math. Um, the Grizzlies are forty-two and twenty, and the Suns are forty-nine and twelve. If we were to hypothetically go twenty and zero, <laughs> our last twenty games, <laughs> they finished sixty-two and twenty. The Suns would have to go twelve and nine. 
<laughs> that's a lot okay to make up. That's all like, it's not about us, it's about the Suns losing. Losing. That's a lot. No, I said the, the Suns would really have to take a nose down. Like they would literally have to start losing games for, for it to happen. Again, it's possible, but it yeah. is possible. I just don't see it happening. I, I mean, that that means Phoenix will have to have a full on collapse for that for right. to overtake us. And, and Ken and I, I know this, we talked about this yesterday on LBR, and I get right back to you, Cap. But the most valuable player for the Suns is should not be Devin Booker ahead of CP3, as we're seeing right now. By the way, well, that's actually only because CP3 got hurt. CP3 was like considered top five before the injury. That's the only reason I think he's down at number eight on NBA.com. Gotcha. He, he was literally he was about he was probably in stealth in stealth spot if I he should have been. Mm-hmm. Yep. But yeah, it, it's tall to ask, man. I, <laughs> like I said, you got this many amount of games left. It's it's tall. Anything's possible, but at two seed, we're down two games and we play Golden State again. So that's very, very much in the air that we can possibly get that. So as we always do, man, we got this week coming up. We didn't do uh, predictions last week as we was talking about All-Star Weekend and just predicting the rest of the regular season. Now we're back to doing our predictions and keeping score. So we got the Spurs at home Monday. We got the Boston Celtics at Boston, which is the name of this episode is Flexing because of this game. <laughs> this game got flexed in the spot of the Miami-Brooklyn game. I assume because KD, uh, all they said KD might be back this week. I'm assuming they got worried that he won't be back in time for that game, or else that game would not get flexed. But shout out to the national media, um, the national media NBA for finding flexing us. And you know it's ironic when our game got flexed off the game against the Spurs. Ironically, the last time uh, when they flexed Miami into that spot in New York, now they flexing Miami off and putting Memphis in place in Miami. <laughs> uh, it's funny how that correlates. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we play Boston on Thursday, who are red hot right now. We play uh, Orlando again uh, at home this time on Saturday. Then we play at Houston on Sunday. What are y'all predictions for this week? Hmm. Give me three and one. I'm going three and one as well. Um, the Boston, Boston Red Hot. <laughs> Anything's possible, but every time we play on national TV, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna take that Boston game too as as the potential. Anytime we're on national TV and on the road, it tends not to go well for us. So I want to be wrong, but history has shown that each time we 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 get get a little love on national TV and we're on the road. Especially this season, has gone well for us. Um, so yeah, give me three and one. Um, yeah, I'll take three and one. I still want to go two and two because of one because of this uh this back to back on Saturday and Sunday. But I, I think Memphis can handle business in those two games. So yeah, we've been taking care of the sorry teams this year. Shout out to them. Yeah, that's it. That's, they they're, they're winning the game. All disrespect. <laughs> all disrespected. So I'm here in three and one, and our losses against the Celtics, right? Yep. Um, I'm 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 taking that three and one. Um, I knew it. I knew it. I'm taking the three and one. Okay, have a losing to Orlando. <laughs> yeah, you know I, I got. Listen, I, I 
I honestly think that we're gonna lose against the Spurs. I think that our loss comes against the Spurs. That's a possibility. Uh, yeah. That's a possibility. Murray. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think I know they went in the triple overtime and scored like 150 points, but Murray had a triple double during that game. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the Spurs, the Spurs haven't been that bad. They haven't been that bad as a team that's really fighting for a play-in position right now, and they're in that case, and they need to continue to make their case. So I think, even though yes, we beat on the Houston's, the uh, Rockets, the Pistons, the Magic, uh, over and over and over again. I think just with this team, we may overlook them. But I really think we drive the bullet home, and that helps us win that national TV game against the Celtics. And I'm really not concerned about Orlando and Houston, to be honest. Um, that's a that's a clean sweep for me. Um, but yeah, give me three and one. But I think the loss happens against the Spurs. Of course, Grizz Nation proved me wrong. Give me four and up. Let's get it. I like somebody got to go four and oh, man. I'm not just doing it just to be different. If you look at the four teams we just named. The Celtics may have the best interior defense, but you're talking about an opportunity that Ja Morant is going to use to show why he needs to be in there by the top three interview people. Point blank period. And I think that's mm-hmm. from point from this point on until the end of the season, really, but especially on, I guess, like the last three national television games we got left. If they can hopefully keep, quote, unquote, flexing for us, it'll be even better for Ja Morant to, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> But I think he's going to use that uh, moment. The Celtics are rolling, even though they're getting their butts whooped right now, currently by the Indiana Pacers. Um, uh, give me give me 4 and 0. Oh. You know, my guy Markel Folks come back for the Magic. Shout out to Markel Folks. Who I, no, I, you, I know this on the Magic Pod, but y'all know I rock with him. Uh, he come back. They're going to get an L for sure. But the last time Markel played, and, you know, we went against the Magic. No, 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 no man, I mean, we was ready to run you. We was ready to run you at the fast four. Anything's possible. We was ready to run you at the fast four in the night. We was ready to run you at the fast I got us winning. Give, uh, give me four and up. <laughs> yeah, I ain't worried about Cole Anthony Burr trying to dunk in some teams in Cleveland. That would have been a fifty. <laughs> that was just wrong. That was just wrong. That would have been a that would have been a fifty in New York, but in Cleveland, not so much. <laughs> hey, what about uh, Mo Bama getting his Clay Thompson on with all these uh, threes he been jacking? Oh, let them keep jacking them. Shoot, shoot all of them in FedEx form. Just, just don't break our rims. All right, man. Oh. <laughs> all right, man. Took, do you want to? Took, do you want to go on standing further so we can go twenty L? Twenty and oh. Nah, don't let him. Don't let him get you started with that one. No. No, if we were to go streaking, we'll we'll go streaking until the next game. Give me streaking until, <laughs> until the next what? game. We're going to go streaking until March twenty third. That's when we play the, the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, Y'all know how I feel about them already. So I don't know how to go streaking until then. That's we could. This we can go look at the schedule. Uh, we ain't got to say viewers go look at our schedule right now. Pause the podcast. Go look at our schedule. We can literally go streaking until the next game. I mean, I said about who the next play we can beat them too. So I mean, I I would be concerned. Well, I mean, I know we're only on this last one. I would be concerned about how March eighth goes. Not anybody worried about the field. What's in this? You got two grids killers though on this on one team. I mean, they we, hey, we, up like we, that. Just to be we saw them last week. We saw them last week. You want to check the results? <laughs> and the payback. I, 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 I'm I, I'm not gonna. It'll be close, but no cigars, man. Okay. I, don't think, I don't think I think 
the March, it'll be close. That March 18th game. That'll be the game. Give well, let's see. Let's, let's talk about this next week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All, right. All, right. All, right. all right, all right. That's the first, first game we predicting. Had to get this over. All right, that's the first game we're predicting this week. Let's give us a week to think about that. One. All right. <laughs> Before we end the show, man, uh, shout out to John Morant for the forty-six points he did score against the Bulls. That did break the Grizzlies' um, single game record for most points scored in the game. I want to get fifty so bad. He does. He right. He's gonna have it. He's gonna have it. He's gonna have it for it. He's gonna get fifty. Yeah, ready for it. Right. But as always, follow us on Twitter at the starting five, the uh, number five, MEM, follow Grizzly Bear Blues at SBN Grizzlies, and listen to the other podcasts on the network, the Three and D podcast, Core Four podcast, GBB Live, and the Long View. Uh, remember to follow me at the one underscore P Shark. I am at the Auto Trevor, welterweight champion of Purtle. Of is a preposition. Remember that. I when you say Pertle, I'll be thinking like that Pertle's chicken or whatever. Um, but that Pertle, put some respect. But it's really she did, man. Clocking out and sending it over to the big fella. Yes, sir. Appreciate y'all for another great episode again at Tev Shakir. Hit us up, y'all. Let's go, Grizz Nation. Let's go. Let's go. Until next time on the road to 20 in the season. Go, Grizz. <laughs> go, Grizz. <laughs> Get your roll on.